0: What's going on, everybody, and welcome in again to the Dogs Football Podcast. Here we are on episode 10, finally, for football. Your host, Nick Malone, joined by my co-host, Noah Lurch. As usual, Noah, what's going on today?
1: Yeah, we are back at it, back in the studio. We have some stuff to talk about. Uh, Not much of a recruiting update, but we'll go over some stuff, and let's see how things go. Yeah, let's see how things go. Let's get in here now. Uh, Actually, there's a lot of things to talk about, Noah.
0: As we were here the other day, uh, now we're here to discuss um, everything with what's going on with camp and a lot of things. We have some uh, breaking news in terms of our prestigious Hall of Fame at SIU uh, and a lot of things, a lot of uh, more rankings, a lot more preseason stuff to talk about. Uh, We know Todd Hefferman of the Southern Illinois talked about uh, five burning questions uh, going into this season, so we'll definitely discuss those and answer those, Um, and then we will get into, uh, there's also another Nick interview with Mike Reese that we forgot to catch on last time about uh, the quarterback situation and how we know how many people are in that room currently, because I know they talked about it on Sports Voice this morning that we listened to, uh, and they played it, so we'll be sure to talk about that as well. So, yeah, episode 10, here we go. No, breaking news coming in the last couple days for a lot of sports within SIU. But let's talk about – we'll mention some others here in a second. Let's get into football, though. Uh, Michael Pruitt, as we know, formerly in the uh, NFL currently, used to play for your Titans. Now he's on the 49ers. And Damon Jones, uh, two tight ends, make it into the Hall of Fame, Noah.
1: Yeah, it's uh, great to see that uh, Damon finally is going to get in there. Then uh, Michael, who – has had a pretty solid uh NFL career so far. No Damon played for the Jacksonville Jaguars, so uh, two tight ends that made it to the NFL that went through this program. Yeah, shout out to them. I, it says here, Noah, where do they
0: rank in their stats? Maybe for tight ends, but maybe in career ranks and receiving yards and all that stuff.
1: Yeah, uh, to the up to date stats, uh. Receptions-wise for career, Michael Pruitt is number one, and he was here from 11 to 14 with 221 career passing receptions. And uh, Damon Jones is not on the list for that. But receiving-wise, number two, all-time in SLU history, Michael Pruitt with 2,601 receiving yards. And Damon Jones is at nine with 1,542. Yeah, we weren't sure how updated this was because they they mentioned on the
0: website that uh, Jones is, yeah, third all-time in receiving yards. But according to the list that you're seeing, and we're thinking it's updated, uh, that he is, where is he, on like eighth? Nine. Nine, and then, yeah, and then it says he's on third. So, fifth interceptions, all that jazz. He was a three-time all-conference, first team honors in 95-96, the year I was born. Uh, played in the he played in the Senior Bowl five year F yeah, and you mentioned the five year Pro and stuff all century team at SIU. currently retired and lives in Jacksonville. He must have loved it when he was there for the five years for the. So Jacks. bad for him. Yeah, that and I'm pretty sure they used to be okay back in the day though. As soon as they became an expansion team, uh, and then we as we know, Michael, um, thirty one consecutive games with at least a catch. Three-time first-team All-MVC pick and three-time National Player of the Week. Wow.
1: Two-time first-team All-American as well.
0: I mean, he had a. You know, that was that was the beginning of our high school careers. And if we recall, that's a decade ago. He was pretty dominant. He carried the way he first for a lot of bad teams too, for bad form. That was a couple years after we last made the playoffs. That was because what's the streak? Now, what was the stretch? We won it. we won it on eighty-three. And then what were the stretches of not making the playoffs? And then once a certain year got here, we made it for
1: however many years. Yeah, uh, an '83 won national championship, did not get back to the playoffs back till 2003. But we had a seven-year stretch from 2003 to '09. We made the straight playoffs, and we got back, finally got back to it in last year. Yeah, that's a big 20-year gap before that and uh, the gap
0: of making it and then now the gap of not. Nah, we're hoping that last year started a new streak, which were, as we mentioned before, with the with the fact that they cut it this past season in half playoff-wise, we still got in that now that it's back to normal and we mentioned the teams that sat out that are now going to be in it that could take some spots, but we're hoping with the expansion back to the normal playoffs that we'll find our way in as well. It's all a matter of how you earn it, and as we know, we probably will. So, congrats to Michael and Damon Jones. Noah, there are actually a couple more uh, recent, which we'll get into uh, one important player in our Dogs Basketball Podcast. But let's talk about Deanna Price. Noah, she also quickly, she made this. She was from SIU for uh, from 11 to 16. She is, yeah, one of the most decorated and accomplished throwers in school history easily.
1: Easily, yeah. We know things did not go as well this year over there in the hammer throw, and we know she was doing with a fractured ankle, I believe, so or a fractured foot over there. So she finished eighth, I believe, this year. But she won the – she uh, placed finished eighth in the hammer throw at the Olympics in both 16 and this year, but won the 2019 World Championships and was the first American to win a world title in this event. So she lives and trains in Carbondale, so she she loves that so much that she stays here. Yeah, we mentioned before uh, like
0: how well known and proud in terms of the uh, uh, the school and other alumni. I appreciate what she's done. We know Jeremy tweeted about her not too long ago and all that stuff. And uh, you mentioned her hurt foot. Can you imagine doing what she does with the spinning and everything and the power she's got to uh, provide? Having a hurt foot to do that, I couldn't imagine. If she was full, if she, if she was full strength, she probably would have won it. But I think we're also underestimating the. Uh, other countries and the uh, product that they put out there as well. So at least she got there. And as we know, uh, Daryl Sullivan was in the high jump. He's a former uh, athlete at our high school, Mary. He is Noah's age. So he didn't, do that. and I'm sure he was nervous in what he was doing as well. So shout out to everybody who got to the Olympics and shout out to Michael and David Jones for making the, the being in Shrine forever in the hall of fame on homecoming weekend and then you wish, how is it? My Cole's going to be in mid-season. Hopefully he can find find time.
1: Um, yeah, I believe that. I forget. When is it? October 16th, I yeah. believe. Yeah. I'm not sure where they'll be at in season, but uh, that is a Saturday or a Friday night. They're inducted, so he may not be there the next day for uh, the football game or whatever, but I'm sure he could make it here on Friday night for the indu- induction maybe. Yeah, I know, and it would have been a lot more convenient if he was still with your
0: Titans, and he'd just be in Nashville if there was a home game or something he could make an easy trip. But uh, we know Greg uh, George Kittle's there, so he'll carry the load. So Michael might be able to sneak out of there. Who knows? We'll find out. But congrats to them, congrats to everybody, and we'll get. Like I said, we'll get to another important
1: Ooh. player in a different sport. Here we go. This is I just looked into it. That week of the NFL season, that is the 49ers' bye week, so that works out
2: perfectly.
0: And I, I don't know what to say. I was about to say if they coordinated it in some way for that to happen for him. But, wow. I mean, all, all of these are long overdue, and we'll get to one for basketball. That's definitely long overdue. But especially if Michael is great, had all these records and stuff long, even though he only got on playing eight years ago, seven years ago. But that's very convenient. Wow. So he'll definitely be here. Can't wait to see him that weekend. So now Noah, moving on. Uh, as we know, camp has been underway for the last this entire week, and we have some videos we want to play of a lot of players talking And at the very beginning. This is from August 3rd, the first team meeting Coach Hill had with the team. It's a couple minutes long. We'll play that for you guys, because as we mentioned before, and we'll keep mentioning, we don't want to uh, just paraphrase in our own words of these. We want to play them, even though we know that you guys can view them on the Twitter pages. But we don't want to sell him short in anything because we like to have you guys here and and us talking about exactly what coach said so we'll get into that right here
2: one second you got to be a grown man and make grown man decisions you don't live at mom's house anymore she's not going to ground you so tomorrow when you come in we're not going to be talking about any national championships it's going to be about what's the standard, what type of effort, what type of commitment do I got to have. But what am I going to do to give me the best chance to be at my best today, to get a little bit better so I can be good at meeting, so I have a chance to be a great player. Some of these guys are going to get an opportunity at the NFL. When you slide into that seat next year, you're going to be doing the exact same thing. You're not going to be scared of some veteran that's been there for eight years getting a whole lot more money than you. You're there to take his job. It's a new team. I've said that. It's been 92 days since we played South Dakota State. Now, you're supposed to have a good season. That's okay. You want to be in a program that there's high expectations. When you start feeling good about yourself in any walk of life, somebody's going to look at you. We should take a field with some confidence, right? But we should have a chip on our shoulder. We're picked fourth in our own league. It's like, how good can this 2021 fall season be? Six-year your seniors. You're talking about leaving a real legacy. Like, everybody's having one of these seasons. I don't think they got the people sitting here that we do and committed to that, but everybody feels good. But something's going to smack us in the face. Maybe week one, the little things, the fundamentals, execution, right? Sounds super boring. Sounds super boring. But that's what's going to separate us. Every drill we do, it has an intent behind it. Take what the coach said on the film and take it out to practice and get better. We had a good season, right? But they don't hang banners for good seasons. So we shouldn't be complacent. We should be hungry, not proving other people wrong. Let's prove ourselves right. From the time we sit here in training camp to when we look back on the season, we were like, no, nope. we were able to accomplish that. We had the right people in the right seats, and we we were able to do it. All right, then
0: I love that, no. I love everything you had to say. You know, they provide that professional mindset. You know, in terms of uh, not being complacent. In terms of. Uh, you know when you have the success that you know um especially if if you have those expectations that you want to come to work every day knowing like if you know like especially in the dark days and next first couple years here like you have a feeling you're not that good but now that you're good you bring in better players to improve your team every year i love everything about that don't you with everything that because that's everything that players want to hear right
1: yeah obviously uh With the success we're having, the standard is higher every each each and every year. As we if we continue to build on it, and that just going to set a standard, and the guys are going to see that, and they're going to work for it, and they're going to go out each and every day and get better. And uh, good to see. That's right,
0: and I mean that's just like I said. I I think Nick's a great speaker in terms of like getting that message across to everybody, and especially all the new guys. You know, you obviously in, in every facet, you want to, you know, have people know that they made the right decision in terms of recruits, in terms of um, knowing that even with the COVID year, they get that extra year, that they want to come back and they want to, you know, keep doing it, that it's just everything you want to hear. And I'm, I'm really glad that Nick's our coach for a lot of reasons, but it's just because of the message he gets across. And he also spoke with Todd uh, that first day of today's practice. We'll play a little minute 20 second video of that as well. Yeah, I mean, typical first day. Everybody's excited to get out here, uh, including me. I mean, it's
2: it's football season, and it's the first day of training camp. You know, Uh, I'd say everybody in the country is excited about getting back out here. So, uh, you know, we've got 111 guys practicing out here right now, a couple injuries. But, uh, yeah, so there's some good and there's some bad. It's going to be like that throughout one, one day, uh, you know, the offense might have a day, the defense might, uh, there needs to be some of that when those new guys that are first getting the first reps might look a little bit sloppy. So we got to get those cleaned up. The guys that have been here for four or five, six years, it should look a little bit different. Um, and so I think that's what you saw out here today. How did you like the pace and the discipline? I guess yeah, it was out. pretty good. I think we can, we can be better. Like I said, I, I think, uh, um, um, if they've been here, it was good. If not, you know, there's a lot of, you know, especially if you're a freshman, and, uh, just looking around and trying to figure out where to go and where do I stand and, and those type of things. So those things will get better. Uh, we play, you know, we get in and out of uh, different drills pretty quickly and have enough full practice. So uh, I was happy
0: with that, but we'll, we'll continue to grow and get better. So, yeah, I mean – especially that right there 111 guys know we know all the players that are coming back in their fifth and sixth and so on here is 111
1: that is a lot but uh, that is good to see that means we'll have depth all around the football team so the that just means maybe down the road that they'll maybe all the freshmen will be a red shirt so that's even better we'll have guys that come in that it's ready to fill spots and. Uh, all the, we all know the, we know the transfers are going to come in and get the – if they earn it, they're going to get the playing time they deserve. So, uh, yeah, 111 guys, that is a lot to keep track of around – so uh, I did see today Missouri State's up to 86% uh, vac- vaccinated rate. Now I wonder what ours is at 111 players. So uh, I'd say we have about 30 coaches too, so that's 150 people. I wonder what our vaccination rate is.
0: Yeah, I mean – Because I'm I'm trying to think of, I thought we saw something or maybe
1: not of uh,
0: players that the amount of people in camp and just 111 just blows my mind. You're right on the vaccination, 86, that's where Nick said he wanted to be around. Yeah, it's like 85, 86. Without playing this video at the beginning again, I honestly forgot I was going to mention something of what he said, but I don't want to go back and play it, but I don't remember. Do you remember what he said at the beginning of this? I do not, to be honest. I, so what I was going to say, and then as it went on, there were more topics I thought of, and then I... So I might go back before long and say that again, but in terms of he's right, you know, all these guys that have been here should, you know, look better than some of the other guys, and yeah, offense win a day, defense win a day, that's going to happen, and we'll get some more videos from today. We'll keep going as the days have gone on until this point today, but uh, there were some uh, big-time position, bat- position battles, but... You know, goes from uh, competition between uh, offense and defense. We'll get to that here shortly. So, moving on again, Noah, as we know, um, a lot of players have talked to. Here's one from day one of a James Caesar, All American, and um, Coach Petrino discussing stuff for the defense.
2: camp or something special about that. Um, it's a new team. Everybody has to come out and re-earn it, even if you've been here for four or five years. He doesn't know you're there. That's what I'm talking about. I got the out of it. But we got a veteran group, and then we got to bring along some of these young guys, and so uh, yeah, I just think we got to have some intent and be deliberate out here uh, getting better. Uh, I feel like we can we have a
3: better with the playmakers that we have, with the coaches that we have, Coach Pacino drawing up great schemes and things like that. I just feel like we got everything that we need to, to make this happen. I just feel like we, we just gotta keep keep moving forward and keep on our best before that, and put the work in.
2: Those also show <laughs> Have a good team, there's going to be high expectations. If you return players and you did good in the past, you're still on the team, you're expected to play well. I mean, that's just the way it is. You can't shy away from expectations. But right now, those are the goals, but we just have to put our head down and work and drive. We'll reach those goals
3: at the end of the season. If we do we got through.
2: It's all a But no, it's
3: fun to get out of here. Like I said, we were just out here kill the to to South Dakota State, but it's good. Still felt rusty. Offense
0: definitely got beat today by the defense. I'm sure it'll go good, but it's day one, you know.
2: Watch out and figure it out. Off, set, hit. Come on. Job, David. Uh, it's really about a mindset of just coming out and being as good as you possibly can, can be every day. That's what this team's got to be about, is just really focusing on itself and, uh, you know, worrying about us getting better and how good we can become. You just have to come to work and prepare and make sure when the moment's there
1: that uh, you feel good about your preparation
0: Then you got to go kind of loose. Uh, There's Big C breaking them down again. Shout out to those guys. And obviously, they know it's the usual football, just the, the heat that we've been experiencing lately, especially on that turf. So shout out to those guys. for, And that that makes the team even tougher. You mentioned the preparation, as we know, but especially in these hot days in August before seasons that – you know, they get you, they get you hungry or more. They get you, you know, in that, in that right state of mind. I mentioned coach Petrino. He was talked about in this. He's he talks in a different one. That was obviously coach L stone talked on how, yeah, the defense beat the offense that day. And I just think that, you know, we've talked about the quarterback room and who we think it's going to be, but since they're talking to stone and he's out there doing whatever that it's, it seems likely that he'll be uh QB one, but also Noah, uh, Caesar mentioned that the best defense in the country, and as we talked before, that was what they were supposed to be last year. You know, a little, you know, injuries to the to the front seven I think was the biggest thing, and like J T. Thompson not playing as well I think as we counted on him big time. But as we know, the front seven this year is I think that's the difference. Like I think if anything, we're a little small in the or not as deep in the secondary in turn, but you know, compared to what the defensive line. So we're hoping that he's right, and we know those guys will play because he he definitely has something to play for now. He knows that he he could be close to the next level, so he'll bring it every time. That front seven, though, I think that in terms of just stopping the run, getting to the quarterback, because we didn't have much sacks, many sacks last year. I think the front seven will make the difference in doing that and being the best defense in the country.
1: Yeah, we uh, we know this defense is going to have high aspirations for each individual self and as a team. And uh, we know coach Petrino will scheme up different things and get this defense going. Yeah. You mentioned uh, last couple of years, we've talked about having one of the best defenses in the country. Uh, let's hope we can uh, fix some things and get to work. And it's the dog days of August, the heat getting to you, but uh, fighting through that and uh, coming each and working each every day and getting better each and every day. And, I to me I, it's good to see that as lethal as our offense is, if if throughout August, if our defense is beating our offense every day, that is great to see in my opinion. You're right. We did because we had the highest we had the highest powered offense in the spring. And yeah,
0: you're right. I mean, especially with the additions even on that side, and then we talk about yeah, if the defense can beat them a lot of the time, then I'd say we're in good shape. And as I'm looking here now, play of the day today. Great battle between the All-Americans. Avante got the best of Caesar on this one. On a crossing route, took to the house. James honestly had a beat on, big time on the ball. Tried to bat it down, missed it, fell, and Avante, of course, with his great speed, got to, uh, reservations for six. So it's great to see the two best possible we have to keep going at it and make themselves better. Because in terms of you know going against whoever in the season, you know, because James James. Well, like, he'll see a lot of great receivers, not many as good as Avante, and vice versa with Avante with Caesar. So, love that. Now, here's a video, Noah, of our backfield talking about um, the new four-headed dragon quote, and that is going to be brought to you by new man Donovan Spencer here in a second and Javon. So, here is that small video as well from today.
3: So, we call it the three-headed dragon, but now we're called the four-headed dragon. I You know, I came here, and uh, they opened Open that door with open arms with, with Javon and Ro and, and Justin. Man, we got a four-headed monster here, man. Like, anytime somebody steps on the field, expectations can be great. And my boy Donovan, he just came in, but never skipped a beat. We're like brothers already. He has great IQ to game because he's been playing for the last six years. And I'm glad we have him. You know, us being very young, you know, we need somebody, you know, to look up to and, like, just showed a way for us, and he's been a a very help for us. Justin Strong is a very strong and powerful runner, very explosive, he's quick, shifty, and he knows the game, has a great IQ. I just call him a thoroughbred, you know, because he he can do it all, and he's just so, like, he's so motivating, you know, every time we down or, like, or the group group is down, you know, he just brings us up. Uh, Romir Elliott has great lower center gravity. He can take a hit and still keep running. Kind of like Barry Sanders, like I used to say. I mean, Javon, you know, of course, the All-American, so, you know, he's going to do what he does. Uh, he's a ball player. I mean, he goes out there, he's going to make plays. I mean, that's what he's doing. That's what he does. You know, he just brings a lot to us, you know, as a team and as a group and, in particular, you know, because as All-American, you know, a lot of teams, you know, just eye on him. So it gives, you know, more of us room to work and do things. About a team, nobody cares if you're not winning. That's the ultimate goal, you know. We feel like the stats, the production that comes not from us. That comes from the old line, the receivers blocking us, doing our job. We all family here, so anytime we step on the field, we expectations are great. Just like Coach Griff, uh, he always tells us, anytime we on the field, be the best one and all. You know, we don't really care. You know how many carries we get. We just at the end of the day, we just want to win. You know, cause we got four headed dragon you know, dominating the, the conference. I don't think anybody's
0: going to go stop him. We couldn't agree more, Javon, and that's great to see, uh, that Donovan, because remember uh, Nick mentioning when he was interviewed by Sports Voice of guys that, you know, have made a big difference that will come in and be great right away. We haven't seen much of any of those new guys on defense, but seeing that of Donovan and knowing how uh, important he is for the other guys and the younger running backs on the team in his sixth year that he brings that leadership.
1: Absolutely. uh what I took from that is the most I took from that is what Romero Elliott said. They don't care how many carries they get at the end of the day, as long as they win, they're happy. That just shows those four guys and the rest of the team the selflessness they have that they just at the end of the day they want to win. They don't care if they're playing two snaps every half or they play zero. They don't care. They as long as they get the what they deserve as at the end of the day is winning ball games and they put in the work that that's all that matters. Exactly. And I think, I think Javon has been listening
0: to our podcast. Cause we've been talking about the forehead monster for a while now. And it's just pretty incredible. They have, cause they were showing highlights of everything Javon can do and talk about how the all American, yeah, mirrors like a, a bowling ball. Uh, you know, he's close to the ground. He's, he's great, you know, uh, uh, after contact and all that stuff and the Justin's ability to do it all. I mean, it, we, we mentioned you know to me the front seven is going to be the biggest difference on defense and then I think the two biggest strengths of our team is the front seven and the running back position as we talked about before so yeah it is great to see all of them talking there talking about each other and how you know their relationships and how much or how good all of them are and you're right the fact that all they care about is if they win and we're hoping that we can do a lot of that this year. So shout out to those guys. Cannot wait to see, especially SEMO to kick off the year, what kind of packages they're all in, what? You know, what who's a third down back, who, like all of that, because there's so many great options. Hoping they all stay healthy to provide the fact that we are the best running team in the nation, that we are better than South Dakota State. We're trying to prove that. So we're looking forward to that. I uh, love those guys. They're going to carry us this year. So now, Noah, let's get into... Uh, A little bit of the quarterback position, we've talked about it multiple times, but uh, we mentioned uh, Nick's interview with Mike Reese uh, not too long ago about a lot of things, but now this was quarterback specific. Here's almost a six-minute video. As we said, we don't want to cut or sell Nick Hale short on his words, so here's another uh, video right here. Why do you have eight quarterbacks
2: well, uh, trying to prove something. What are you trying to do here? No. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we moved Jalen DeVries to uh tight end. So it's seven. Um, uh, but yeah, it's just a like, uh, I mean, we would always have five or six, seven's probably the most that you, you would carry. Uh, I do know that you, you gotta have a lot of good ones. And, um, uh, if you have an opportunity to, uh, keep good ones, you gotta keep them. And, uh, So just the uniqueness of how everything um, came together for this year Uh, when we we signed. We didn't plan on signing two freshman quarterbacks, but when Hunter, uh, we wanted to be able to see Hunter play a senior year, but we never were able to do that because of Illinois high school football, and then he's playing at Marion, and I have a soft spot in my heart for local kids, and especially a quarterback, and giving a kid a chance, and we weren't going to let him go play somewhere else. So we, we signed him at the end, which gave us the seventh. And so, uh, same thing with Michael Lindauer. It was a kid that, you know, we had recruited all the way through, uh, Branson Combs and Michael's mom are twins and they both were committed to us for a long time. he went to Cincinnati, wanted to come back here. It was like one of those that it was naturally gonna, we we're going to add him back, uh, on our team so it's just that that's where we're at I think it all that that room will work itself out uh they've got a good approach going right now we've been through a lot as my six years at quarterback rooms and playing different guys and starting guys and having quarterback competitions and I have a meeting with them here in like 45 minutes uh as far as just we're all on the same page this is how it's going to be there's no secret answer on how seven guys get reps some of you won't get reps at the beginning i go back to my experience when i first came back here you know there was five other guys i was the sixth guy and i show up and really my first training camp i got zero team reps and uh so you sometimes it's uh it's like that i think you know stone and nick have separated themselves as far as uh being able to win big games, both of them have won big games. Nick is coming off an injury and still, uh, he'll be cleared to go, you know, still has a foot that we got to make sure that, um, is um, ready to go because a part of his game is moving around a lot and scrambling around. And so he had surgery and still has pins in that, that foot and things and naturally getting cleats back on and practicing. There's going to be some soreness and things like that. And, uh, so I'm, I'm excited about a, a group of a great guys, really. I don't just say that. I'm sure you, you uh, hear that a lot. Um, uh, it's good guys, and this is what's going on. I always it's, it's a slide on my team meeting is, uh, you know, media day season, everybody says the same thing. You know, every coach says about the same thing, and uh, and then some adversity hits, and there'll be adversity in that room. And somebody's got to take the ball at SEMO and uh, – but we're prepared for for that, and, and I'm glad we've got who we got. But it's Stone's to lose, the Um, Yeah, I, I don't Stone will go out there with the first first group. I, I do Can believe that. Can he lose that. it before the season starts? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's. Uh, I don't know if I I plan on him doing that. Honestly, those guys know that. Uh, They've got to go out and play well. Nick, at his highest level, proved that he can be as good as anybody in the country, honestly, and I feel that way. And I like, I love calling plays with Nick Baker at quarterback. Uh, he fits the styles, but Stone proved to do the exact same thing when he was at his best and uh, completed the ball uh, at the highest level ever in school history, really, at 72% and proved he could push the ball down the field when he needed to for some big plays that you go back. And so I want to see those guys – take that next step we had a little quarterback school a couple weeks ago and we had some good guest speakers come on and those guys spent like a full day together and zach taylor head coach of the Bengals, zoomed in he's a friend of me and blake's and um, you know talk to those guys about that next step really what's it going to take for you guys to lead at, uh um to win a championship and that's really what we're chasing and none of us have done it joel myself you know what's that next step to rally your team, and I'm I'm excited to just sit back and watch those guys go to work and see who's uh, see how this thing plays out. Yeah, so many quarterbacks, and really only one move, and that's a position, of Devries. And so, does that give you a good feeling that they all want to compete? Yeah, and they didn't, they didn't leave right. And and you got to have that. You really do. I mean, there is not a perfect quarterback room in the in the country you know they some might give you a a better shot at saying like yeah hey the other guys are you know if a a coach is calling in saying man we don't have a guy all of our quarterbacks stink you can come in here and start I've never seen you play I've never coached you uh, but you're our starter if you come here then what I don't know what type of team you got you know but you're gonna have to compete and uh, that's a uh, that's a word that we're gonna use a lot you know Romare and Devon got to compete. And, uh, you know, when we brought in Donovan from Western Carolina, I'm excited of seeing him out there. I think he can be special. I really do. And we've already got a lot of running backs that have carried the ball. And I like that he saw that depth chart and picked us over a number of other schools. That means he's not scared to compete. Right. And uh, our whole team's got to be built like that. Well, you got to I mean, be mature to yeah. do that, don't you? At yeah. 18, 20, 18, 19, 20 years old. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. Thank
0: you, Coach. A lot to process there, Noah. Um, uh, for well, actually, uh, definitely a lot. Some breaking news: uh, Jalen DeVries is moved to tight end. Thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, uh, he was as a coming in as a quarterback. I thought he had a good future at quarterback, but as long as a, as long as the lines have went, we brought in guys, and he didn't he didn't want to leave. He wants to stay here. So that just shows what he's able he doesn't care where he plays as long as he can help the team out. Right.
0: And Mike mentioned how that shows the competitiveness in him that if he
1: knows he's not going to play,
0: he's willing to change positions. Definitely. And obviously in these, in high school, if you're a quarterback in high school, you don't play a lot of other stuff. So, uh, cause I was going to say, maybe he's played a pass catcher before. And, you know, it's these, these guys who are athletes, you know, they have the ability to do that. So that'll be interesting to add to depth at that position. Uh, Donovan, you know, them convincing him, knowing these guys seeing the depth chart coming in that uh, they're willing to still give it a try and, you know, the coach's ability to recruit. And then going back to the quarterbacks, he mentioned, um, well, he said that they're going to have a meeting, so they're all going to talk about, you know, what what everything's going to look like. And he mentioned that he doesn't expect Stone to lose the job going into SEMO, but it's possible. He mentioned, Noah, that Nick Baker, obviously we know coming off injury, that uh, they said that those two are the top ones because, yeah, as we've seen, that they've proved it on the biggest stages.
1: Yeah, uh, those two are the key guys that are coming back from last year. I think when I did the depth chart, I think I had Lindenauer coming in and beating out Stone for the starting job. But wouldn't be surprised if Nick Baker's right there, if he's fully healthy, that I would not be surprised on Thursday night at SEMO that if Nick Baker's healthy and ready to go, he's the number one guy. Yeah, we mentioned before with him, he's been here for so long that even he
0: says in interviews that he's just not a practice player. And we've said that that we don't think Stone is either kind of, even though he won the job a couple years ago before his injury, that uh, uh, Nick Bakers might not be a practice player. But, you know, especially as he, as he goes on, he, he knows what to expect and everything, and he's got the talent. And we say all the time that what could have been if he never got hurt and Stone doesn't come in, like – we're thinking, Nick, like the Missouri State game, I you know, that came out of that play with Stone, then he tried to make a play out or tried to run for that first down and got clocked and he didn't get it. Just how many other kinds of things that, you know, play out if we have a different quarterback, obviously, and you're right, you know, we could see a couple quarterbacks in the game you just you the SEMO game, you just never know. And they mentioned Lindauer, his what did they say, his mom's twin sisters grandson well, Francis' Combs. Combs moms, That's yeah, correct. And like he said, they recruited them for a while and they were here, you know, all in years ago, obviously with Michael before he went to Cincy, that now he's back and they have that family connection. So he's willing to wait his turn as well. You know, there's going to be injuries as we talked about. So that was a lot uh, that Nick said there. Even he said coming in there, there were six guys and he got no reps at all. So it's just a matter of waiting your turn. And like we said, they're going to have that meeting and they'll talk about everything. So like I said, we, we're thinking Stone is the one there. So.
1: Yeah, another bonus with uh, DeVries moving to tight end. You know, he can still throw the football. He won't lose that. So that's another, yeah, but, get, that's another trick play opportunity with him. Javon, yeah, we have – Yeah, those, this past year, yeah. You could have three or four guys on the field that can throw the football at one time. It's crazy. There's
0: definitely all kinds of options. We know Jalen, and who's the other one that has been calling the plays on the sidelines for years?
1: Um, His mind – his name is slipping my
0: mind. But, yeah – he was a big play call over there, a pretty important piece. I know they can obviously have a lot of people, different people, with the headsets on doing that. Zach Zabrowski is his Yeah, okay. And then you got, as we know, uh, Darren DeVries, his uncle is the head coach of Drake for basketball. So a lot of ties in the Missouri Valley in, in either sport. So it a, I love listening to Nick Hill speak. In terms of you know what you know what's going on with the team, what's to expect, how guys are going to earn spots. I love to. We're going to keep playing them as we go on if if they're there, if they're available. Obviously, when the season rolls around and we have pre and post game, we'll be sure to get those as well. So, anytime Nick is the microphone in we will provide it because we love hearing what he's got to say. So important stuff on the on the quarterback position. out right there now, Noah. Let's get into. Todd Hefferman, we introduced ourselves to him actually at the Dogs Basketball Open House, and uh, he had a article about Noah about the five burning questions heading into the season. Let's get into those and we'll try to answer those best we can ourselves.
1: Yeah, uh, the first one he had going into fall camp: uh, How do the Slukies build off their big spring season?
0: I mean, I think that's clear as day. You know, confidence. You know, getting healthy, knowing that, you know, when you went into a season like this, that you were going to have unexpected, unexpected, you know, speed bumps with COVID, and now you know it's still here, but you know they have it kind of more a little bit under control. I think a you know that had a lot to do with a lot of stuff last year, and as I mentioned, confidence, getting better, improving the team itself, um, all that kind of stuff. It's actually pretty self-explanatory for. You know, in terms of confidence and knowing the team you can be and the team you can sustain, wouldn't you say?
1: Yeah, uh, big thing for me is not to get complacent to just get in there work. We're bringing ten starters back on offense, ten back on defense, and you have those transfers that we know can get on the top of that depth chart real fast, and that just shows the depth of this team. And they're going to come in here and work each and every day. They're not, they're not worried about. The outside noise, it was saying the expectations. They know what their goal is, and at the end of the day, they're going to achieve that.
0: Exactly. So, there's the answer to answer your first question, Todd. Number two here. Well, he had he had a lot of stuff on, like a lot of players and their stats and what's we really
1: expect in that. As and
0: a lot of that's as we know. So, number two, Noah. What is the next step for Stone Labanowitz?
1: Yeah, for me uh, to this 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 uh, camp. Uh, Show what he's made of. Uh, obviously, last camp he didn't have. A, apparently, didn't have his best camp. That uh, Correa beat him out. So he needs to step in here and just sh- show what kind of leader he can be, and show that this is his job, and nobody's going to take it from him. For me,
0: exactly. And you know, we've already mentioned the confidence with the team, the confidence with him. You know, he he needs to look at it for himself that he carried the way for. SIU for the first time in 12 years and doing what they did you know he was an enormous part of that obviously and his he just broke he's breaking records with percentages and all this stuff it's all about how he treats it in terms of knowing that he's potentially the guy to lead arguably the you know could be the best team of all time you know outside of the 83 team so you know a lot's riding on his shoulders. Um, the next step is just, yeah, knowing that you're the guy, as you as you said, that no one's going to take it from him and needs to go into camp and show out and absolutely show out. He's got the weapons. He's got it all. So what's number three, Noel?
1: Number three is Todd wants to know, who will be SIU's new right guard? As we know, Matt Chemolski has moved on. He is the only starter not back from last year's team. So as we know, we know the last – once Chimaleski went down at the end of the spring season, uh, fr- third-year freshman Chase Evans started the two playoff games at right guard. But we also know we have Nathaniel Pierre, who also could get the position battle going. And we have a uh, newcomer Sam Newman from uh, Trinity Valley Community College that could challenge for the spot as well. Yeah, he's a big body, and, you know, he's, he's been there, done that in JUCO.
0: So, you know, he could he could side around and do that. But we're thinking Chase Evans would be the guy as – you just said that he ended the season and they did pretty well. Um, you know, we didn't have Romier and Jabon was beat up, so we weren't at our full best at the end of the season when we had this offensive line to show what it could be. So yeah, we're thinking Chase Evans there, Todd. Number four, how much will the new additions help the T line? Astronomically, we've we've mentioned many times Kevin Glacian, the D Fox words, the getting Jawan Blankenship back, as I mentioned the 4 of monster and running back offensively and the front seven, especially the, the front four guys defensively could be the game changer. It could literally propel us to competing at the highest level for a national title. If everybody's healthy with all these guys and all the experience they've been bringing, it's, it's kind of incredible. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty self-explanatory as well. It'll help a lot.
1: Yeah. It'll help big time. We know that, uh, because of some injuries, Jordan Berner had to move from in, outside to inside last year. So uh, guys like Jawan Blakenship went down. Tylen Driver, who stepped in for Jawan, went down as well. So likely Jordan will move back outside. But you have those guys like Miami Ohio, Miami, Ohio transfer Richie Haggerty. We know Dante Cleveland did a little bit last year. We have UT Martin transfer Cameron Boudry. And Kevin Glace. you know is the biggest name, coming in on that D-line, was the Pioneer League Defensive Player of the Year 2019. So that just shows, more, like we, we've been talking about, hockey subs almost, hockey line, line changes on that defensive line. We could almost do it like we did a couple of years ago. So just keeping guys fresh is a big key. That's going to be huge, the, the, the new additions to this line.
0: Yeah, and some quotes by Nick Hill himself. He said, that position, you're just not going to have a good team if you're not stout and strong and have difference makers at that position. That just sets the tone on the defensive side of the ball. You've got to have depth. You've got four that can play. You really need eight that can go each game, honestly. It's a position where you're not playing every snap. You can't do that. You can't be a D-tackle and take 78 snaps in a row. Exactly. And we've mentioned, we've seen for years, the hockey subs. It'll continue to happen. All these guys are going to play, and it's, it's going to be amazing to see. It'll be the, it'll, it will be the difference on our football team as our defensive line. It's, it's incredible. Starts up front. And then number five, Noah, what will be the best position battle?
1: There's several you can theme out. We just talked about the offensive guard. What between Chase Evans and Nathaniel Pierre and Sam Newman potentially, you have the. We just talked about the who's going to start. With Burner probably moving back outside, who's starting along? Who's starting along Keegan Agnew on the inside? That's a big one. You can talk about the linebackers. We mean you've been back and forth on who's starting the third linebacker spot. You can. There's a couple, I believe, cornerbacks is another position I think Todd mentioned. So, But the biggest one to me, I'm going to say quarterback because that's the biggest one for me to watch the quarterback position. But if I had to pick one besides the quarterback, it would be that linebacker spot. Yeah, and you, a lot of people would say running back because of the fact that there's four of them that can be at a
0: really high level. But we mentioned that they don't care who does what. They just want to win at the end of the day. They'll do whatever it takes. So we wouldn't say running back. Um, we know that because you just mentioned Agnew, we honestly forget about him in the grand scheme. He had high, you know, high hopes coming into the spring, and uh, all these new guys coming in that could push him to the side. Because we think, you know, all those experienced guys. We know Keenan's experience as well. You know, some guys that perhaps could lose their spot. We've mentioned Calhoun. I think mean, that's another one at linebacker. You know, he knows that Kobe Coleman's coming in here, and that's been his job for a while, so who knows? I, th- I think there's a lot of them, as you mentioned, quarterback, a lot on defense, and if anything, the running back. So there's a lot, but we're thinking a lot of those are pretty uh, set in stone for the most part. So there's Todd's questions. He o- it's almost like he asked these or asked, asked them to us himself. Real quickly, Noah, uh, Vontae Cox was on the preseason Walter Payton Award. Watch this, no surprise. He's the only SLU player for that. High expectations for him this year. And on the Buck Buchanan Award for defense, Quay Brown is on here. Are they forgetting anybody in your eyes on either watch list?
1: No, that's uh, maybe on the offensive players, Vaughn. But uh, I think they limited to maybe one per team, I think. Maybe, I don't know. But, yeah, I'd say that's pretty good start. I know Avante, what he can do as a wide receiver. But on the defensive side, Quay Brown, he's getting – up there, and he we know he's a tackling machine, and he likes to pry that ball out. So, those are two good guesses. Uh, wouldn't be surprised if the either of them won it. Yeah, and we talked before we came on here that isn't
0: Quay. Where is Quay rank all time and four fumbles? Isn't he? He's That's, only like four away from. Tying, I think
1: he's right? he's third, and he's. I think he's. Uh, I think he's third, and I think he's two or three away from tying it, and four away from breaking it. There you go. So you know. Whether
0: they know those specific
1: uh, record, records
0: to them that he could have, even though, like we said, we have a lot more, we have a lot of uh, good tacklers coming in and sustain on this team that maybe he can afford to do that. But we know, yeah, he's one of the top leading tacklers. We would like him to just wrap up and try to win and forget about these records. Although they are pretty cool, you know, to uh, for a legacy. If Quay has a dominant year, he could very well be inducted in the Hall of Fame one day as well. As we know that Jeremy Chin will be inducted almost ASAP, probably in twenty twenty two, he'll be inducted. Jeremy Chin will. Um, so yeah, when we talk about Caesar, you know Caesar's, you know even in his short time at SIU and how great he was last year, he's on some record books for us for defensive backs or in defense in total and pass breakups and a lot of that stuff. So he could have he could have another big year in that realm too. So yeah, if anything, it'd be Javon with Avante for the Walter Payton, and then Caesar with or Knighton with quay for defense so we're not too upset as long as we have one on that we know as you said they both have a really good shot and then let's let's end, well is there anything quickly on recruiting we know jimmy lansing got recognized for something right
1: yeah jimmy lansing uh uh has been recognized uh, they there was an article by the st louis high school Sports in their St. Louis today uh, was talking about how his move to left tackle was a right move for him. And they he did get invited or was named to this blue gray All American Bowl watch list. The blue gray is the nation's best in the blue gray football All American Bowl at the AT&T Stadium, Raymond jo- Raymond James Stadium, and Mercedes Benz Stadium on the ESPN's family and network. So that's a big one for him.
0: Yeah, as we talked about, he is obviously the one of the biggest recruits in a while, I think, for us, and that he's going kind to of have a dominant season. Speaking of senior seasons, we know we're in on Miles Marshall, tight end slash uh, linebacker, that he uh, is excited for his. I just saw that he posted a highlight video of you know, him being hyped for his senior year, so his decision will be looming down the road at some point. As we've mentioned, Murray State's in on him, as, uh, as they are for a lot of the guys we are also in on, so it'll be interesting for a lot of these uh, FCS programs and who's interested in who and who gets who. Because as we know, if he Miles Marshall sees, we know he follows us on some of our accounts and he sees that we're getting these top-notch guys, he might want to join too. And we're going to have just an unbelievable amount of talent for the future for this program, as we know, because we're losing a lot of people after this fall season. So it'll be nice to keep refreshing with everything, you know, starting as true freshmen or not. We'll see, but... A lot of those guys have a good shot. And then, Noah, let's end here. Jamie Williams of Stats Perform had official preseason FCS rankings and just caught us off guard. But then we looked in the grand scheme of a lot of a lot of really, obviously, a lot of good teams um, that are all around. And we think we're obviously one of the best in our own conference. But around the whole FCS, Noah, uh, he's got – or he has us at nine. What are your thoughts on that? Because obviously, real fast, he has us at nine, but he has Weaver State at five. We don't, like I said, we don't fully know about some of these teams. We know that we beat them at third place. That was their first home loss, and who knows? And the fact that they're not bringing back as many people as us, I know they didn't get as good as us. Uh, there there's, there's some fits with this.
1: Yeah, I'd say that's a little low, but. Uh... This guy's a James Madison guy, so he has them at 2, so no wonder. But Sam Houston's the defending champ. They deserve to be there. South Dakota State, North Dakota State, we know who they are. But uh, other Valley schools, That uh, looks like North Dakota State is at 12. He has Missouri State at 23. Uh, just looking at our schedule, he has SEMO at 52. So he that's how CMO, he sees SEMO in our, uh, his eyes. But other Valley schools, he has like Northern Iowa at 38. That's low for me. Um, Where's Illinois State? Illinois State's at 61. He ranked all the 128 FCS schools. Uh, South Dakota's at 58. Um, trying to look for Dayton. He has Dayton at 92.
0: Wow. This is that, uh, yeah, out of 128. So that's pretty low. We're liking our chances in that home game with hopefully a good crowd, first game of the year. Yeah, as we mentioned, Weaver State should not be ahead of us probably. Delaware, we know they had a quarterback issue and the playoffs hope we would have played them. South Dakota State with having their quarterback out for a while, understandable, I guess, at three. You're gonna have the reigning champs there. North Dakota State, they kind of surprised a lot of people in being just average, I think, this past year. We killed them at our place and you know they still sustained, you know, quality. Play throughout the year, but they weren't the team that they were deemed to be. Obviously, so in North Dakota at 11, it's kind of a surprise. They killed us. They're a great home team. We know Central Arkansas has got one of the best receivers in the country. Montana's got a lot of quality uh, position players as well. So a lot of these really aren't too surprising. I, I just would love to play some of these other teams down the road. Southeast Louisiana at 25. We know they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country. So. It's going to be really interesting. So we did We did tweet about this. We didn't get any love on it, hoping that a lot of people would agree with us that they'll just keep sleeping and they'll find out. Ranking us at 9 is kind of blasphemy, so we'll leave it at that and see that they will eat their words as the season goes on, hopefully. And we have – SEMO always a tough game, as we know. We'll get to that down Rivalry. The War for the wheel. Yes, it is a rivalry, I would say. Play them every year. It's always a battle. Last year's game came down to a game-winning field goal. It was kind of crazy. Uh, in October on Halloween weekend, and then obviously Kansas State. I mean, if we go 2-0, we have to be winning both on the road. You never know. And I'm not here to (laughs) jinx anything, just saying that. uh, He's the the king of it. If it were to happen, that we'd be setting ourselves up. We know who to blame. Even more success. So another great pod today, a lot of info We've gotten a lot over on time than we expected probably, but we're hoping a lot of you guys stay tuned and listen to everything. Uh, we really appreciate our listeners once again. So this is episode 10. We'll be sure to have another one coming out at some point soon. As we mentioned before, it's, we're so close to the season, less than less than a month. And as Nick Hills talked about, and a lot of people talked about all these battles, all these uh, competitions, as we saw Vontae going against Caesar, stuff like that. We love seeing that. Love seeing these guys get re- more ready and ready. And as soon as that depth chart comes out, that whatever level depth chart, we will be sure to Two. dissect that, compare it to what we had it as, kind of, and see where we, where we stand on that. I just, we're so excited. I know we say it every single time, but we definitely are. So <laughs> until next time for episode 11, this is episode 10. Nick Malone. No lurch. See you next time on Dogs Football Podcast. Go, Dogs.